it's just that easy. Kind of. But we'll make sure that you have the tools and the information that you need to make it a whole lot easier. The opinions provided should not be viewed as medical advice. And remember, please consult with your doctor before making any changes to your diet or habits. Thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, how's everything going? So everything's doing good, brother. So just had the day off, just getting some stuff around the house done. Just went to the store a little bit ago. Yeah, and I'm just chilling. <laughs> okay. Chilling. Yeah. Right. I got you. What's your, uh, I was talking to somebody today about Iron Chef, man. I really missed that show. Iron Chef. You Okay. See, I think Chef is a little bit better than Iron Chef. I'm not going to lie. Iron Chef was, was good, though. The classic one. You know what I mean? With the yeah, Mor- Morimoto. Uh, who else was there? Chef Morimoto. Yeah, there's there a couple other guys. I forget who else was there. Was Robbie he was, Clay there? He was the most well known though, wasn't he? He was the guy. He had like glasses, and he had a like a rounder face. Yeah, he you know what I mean. Like, His technique. He always used like the most exotic techniques. He didn't speak. Yeah, he spoke. He, he spoke like mostly like uh, mostly Japanese, just a little bit of English. He was a monster. He looked a little like uh, he looked a little like Mario Batali. <laughs> yeah, just that round shape. I, I know what you mean. Just yeah, no, just like it, even his facial features, like they had a similar face. When and they also had ponytails. They both had ponytails. They yeah. had like a similar <laughs> body type, and they had a similar face. So Moto Mario and Mario Moto no Moto Mer- oh. Ma- Mario Batali. No, the the Japanese guy Moto. Oh. Chef Morimoto. Yeah. Yeah, Chef Morimoto and then uh Malta Mario. Or Mario, you yeah. know. Ah, fudge. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> let's jump into the podcast. I'm fudging all this stuff up. So today we're gonna start part one of a two part uh called Do You Work Out, Bro? Uh it's not gonna unlike the title, it's not gonna be anything, you know, too bro heavy, meathead type stuff about fitness. But uh, Chris is going to go into uh, some of the health benefits um, that come from exercise that, you know, you may have already heard of, some that you may not have heard of, uh, but also some of the ways that fitness and exercise can generally help you to combat some of the most most painful uh, physical ailments that a lot of us uh, end up dealing with. Uh, So, Chris, you want to take it over? No. Do I have a choice? I'm joking. I'm joking. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Being Healthy podcast with Dr. Bramwell and Saeed Bramwell Gordon, where we teach y'all how to be happy and healthy. Again, follow. You can check us out on healthd.com. H e a l t h d y. dot com for all our articles and content, as well as hit us up on our social media links in the description. All right. So, so working out is something that that helped me become the man I am today. Like, so you remember those days of football, waking up, teaching us how to wake up on time, how to work with others, and even how to do the stuff that sucks, especially, like I said, even for me, like I said, working out with Coach, with coach A-Rod during JV. That's uh, for all those, loved Coach A-Rod, but he was our junior varsity coach. Really, I want to say like a tough guy. He was a real sweetheart, but man, did he love to make us run. Hold on. You just called A-Rod a sweetheart? Yes. That dude was an ass. <laughs> I mean, you just got to work past it. Once you get to know him, he's a good guy. No, once you get to know him, you see he's still a dick. I'm going to edit all that out. So I'll say <laughs> of the coach that Chris is talking about, he was not a nice fella. All right. He, 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 was, he was good to me. I said, like, once you get to know him, you just got to, it's like an onion. You got to peel off the first one or two or 15 layers and then you get to something good. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but they leave you crying the whole time. <laughs> Just like a good workout should. So speaking about work. So yeah, so guys, we're talking about working out. So we're going to talk about to see if you're one of the few people who gets enough exercise here in America, how much exercise is actually enough that you need to get and the importance of exercising for your physical body on this episode. And the next episode, we're going to go into the, mental and neurophysical components of exercise but for this one stay into the physical what's neurophysical mean so just the connection between your mind and your body 
Okay. All right. Yeah. Which we'll get into in the next episode. Got, can't can't give all the good stuff out, man. Got to build a little bit of suspense. Okay. All right. So so court. So right now we're going on an article off the CDC, the Centers of Disease Control, which takes a poll of Americans to give a picture of of how many of them actually get the mandated amount of exercise. So I, I think you might have said it once or twice before, but according to the CDC, the average person in America needs about 150 hours of moderate activity as well as two weightlifting sections. Or you could do two weightlifting sessions or 75 minutes of higher intensity. So you could either do 150 minutes of cycling or 75 minutes of running, jogging, or doing an Ironman race. Okay, so you're saying... You said 150 hours. Do you mean 150 hours a year or? I'm sorry, 150 minutes, 150 minutes. Is that a week or monthly? Yep, a week. Okay, 150 minutes a week. Oh, yeah, 150 okay. minutes of good, of good exercise where you break a sweat and get, an, and get your heart rate elevated. Okay. Preferably around 90 or above. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, and so, so, as far as America goes, so I said there are, of course, there are some states that are better than others. But for the most part, as general, what do you think, Side? Do you think Americans get more, the the amount, the average amount, or fall above in getting the average amount of exercise? Uh, most most people are probably below that. Most people probably don't exercise enough or at all. Mm-hmm. Yep, pretty much only about 23% of the adults in the United States, so aged from 18 to 64, get enough exercise. So... Pretty much in between, only about one in every four or five of us actually gets the job done. I know you said you were coming back from the gym yourself, right? Yeah, I just I just finished up at the gym uh, uh, about thirty minutes an hour ago. Good stuff, and I did myself. So it looks like so we're a couple of them, and but I can definitely see the challenges in getting it because there are definitely a lot of weeks I don't get it. So for inside, I said, well, I'm like so for y'all, I'm a second year family medicine resident. When we do our inpatient or inside the hospital rotations, you know, admitting people to the hospital and taking rounding on people in the hospital, uh, it's it's very it's very time consuming. So I don't get my my exercise some weeks. So I probably would say like I I definitely would fall short of this myself. What about you, Sai? But no, I feel like you're perfect, man. You know what I mean? You just do everything so magnificently. No, fortunately for me, I, I work from home, so that you know, you that's one of those challenges that even though it says only 23% of Americans are exercising as much as they should, we should probably try to find out what people's actual week is, you know, mm-hmm. what, it, what they have to deal with. Uh, again, you know, I, I work from home, so I can set my own schedule and, you know, cut my time up however I need to, so I can do the things that I want to do uh, while still mm-hmm. doing my job. So, you know, for people like, myself uh who are in that fortunate position uh it is a bit easier to to sort of maintain a perfect workout schedule for someone like you who has to deal with you know any number of changes that you can't really control um mm-hmm. that, that's a challenging position to be in man challenging is is it's, it's the i would say it's like a decent word but I would say, like, you know, going to school and then and work and then working out, that was a little challenging. This is just straight like a roadblock, you know what I mean, sometimes. But but said, but as you, the good thing is that as you get residency, I mean, as you go through residency, uh, the months get a little easier. So this month I'm on neurology at the VA. So VA, the Veterans Administration Hospital, taking care of our, of our veterans. And it is a much nicer rotation just because of the VA. Stuff is a lot less formal and get holidays off like today we're filming we're, we're talking we're recording on labor day and i'm literally sitting on my couch enjoying a nice sparkling water beverage Just, thanks so shout out to the va and shout out to our veterans yeah but yeah man but it's it, it but it, it, it's rough it's rough for the most part and people just got to make time for it you know what i mean but speaking about people let me ask you this out of, the, out of men versus women who do you think uh was better in terms of work of getting exercise uh, men, I guess. Yep. Current twenty-seven percent of men compared to nineteen percent of women. Yeah, hmm. that makes sense, especially with women 
juggling different we can't say that all women but it's sort of the kind of understood that women will juggle more responsibilities uh than guys will like guys I don't know, that might be, maybe we're getting like too old school and traditional with that. Yeah. It just, nah, I think it's a neat reaction. It would have, that's what I would have expected it would have been. Uh, I just feel like guys need to work out a little, work out and exercise more to look good compared to girls needing it to look good. You know what I mean? Like, as a guy, like, you know what I mean? Like, our sexual, like, a lot of our sexual marketplace is being, you know, big and strong. So you got to exercise to get like that. Yeah, Women yeah, need might, to be beautiful, wanna, but. You might want to ask. Huh? A woman about their opinion of that, uh, especially in this social media era. Uh, I'm working out with my sister and trying to help Maya, helping Maya get in shape and stuff. And uh, every other day, she's telling me about some fitness girl, some Instagram model. You know, she misses the gym. She feels guilty mm-hmm. for not, you know, getting in the gym and stuff. And there is a lot of pressure on women to be. I don't know, whatever we see on the internet. I mean, at least before, okay. there's always been pressure on everybody to look the way, you know, somebody looked on TV in or, or in a magazine, but it's a lot more overwhelming uh, with the internet, with social media, especially, and Instagram, okay. where you're just pictures and images uh, and these perfect. I, I got you. I got you. I'm just saying, just like, you know, his, uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm being a little blunt by saying historically. But it's just like, and of course, we could get, we do need to get a woman out here to discuss her. If any of the ladies out there, let us let us know how important you think working out is to you to maintaining your beauty. Just let, just uh, send us a message on uh, our various media platforms before, below. Yeah, can't talk today. Blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> and, then, and then, but besides that, I, we can definitely ask a female. So, Dr. Cruz, like, I'll ask her if I see her around soon. But yeah, just to see what she thinks. But. For the most part, yeah, that's just a gut. I guess it's just like more of a gut feeling I have. You know what I mean? Well, it's a gut feeling. But the, so, but the CDC I, does back me up, man. It is the CDC uh, research that that proves my point. Well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't quite prove. It doesn't prove the point necessarily. It's the it's sort of right answer, but we don't know if it's necessary. Like on a math question, you get the right answer, but you know based on the work was the work the right way to get to the right answer so i mean we'd have to know what the reasoning is right so you can have women who don't feel like they have to do it or they'll use other things to maintain whatever their standard of beauty is to your point that may be it or it may be mm-hmm. have a variety of responsibilities on their shoulder that make it either overwhelming for them to try to go to the or make them feel like they cannot fit it into their schedule you know, if you're thinking about single parents, uh, there are generally speaking, you're going to hear about a single mother before you'd hear about a single father, even though there are single fathers right. who are great dads. Uh, you know, generally you think of a single parent, the part, the thought that comes to mind or the person that would come to mind would be, a woman. you know, so if you're, if you're looking at that sort of stuff and, you know, you talk about who ends up being the primary caregiver for elderly parents, a lot of times that's the, uh, the female child or the daughter. Um, right. You know, so all of those different responsibilities could be why a woman does not have the time to or feel that she can make time to get mm-hmm. a man who maybe focuses on one or two responsibilities as opposed to the four or five that a woman might be. Uh, okay. We'd have to know what the reason is as far as like if the research went in, in depth in that way, then we could break that down. But without knowing it, it's just sort of. You know, okay. I'm guessing. Yeah, but no, I'm looking, reading it here. It says it was done between ages of 18 and 64, men and women, single, no children, and only two responsibilities, as well as living within. I'm jo- I'm joking. It doesn't say all that, <laughs> but that, no. but yeah, I, I'm yeah. That was like to see how far I could go, but no, it doesn't say that. So we don't know. You're right about that. I'm just saying it's better to be lucky than good. On the um, back of my point on the men versus women thing versus the, the math question. Rather be lucky than good, man. Ain't taking no more math tests. But well, I think the study wouldn't have to done just like, you know, really, really get like a better picture of it because I'm sure like, you know, this was just like a general survey that they did. Not really, you know, a, a big trial. But anyways, yeah. And then, but yeah, so anyways, yeah. America, only about 
one out of four or five Americans get enough exercise, more men than women exercise. And then besides that, the, the West Coast is, is kicks the rest, of this, the rest of the United States' butt in terms of exercising. So you want to take a guess on which state, which state has the highest uh, level of exercise? Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's on the, it's on the West Coast. Uh, California? I'll give you two more guesses. It's one of the lesser known states. Nevada? Cool. Maybe not lesser known. I'll, I'll give you a second one. I might have messed up. It's all right. Here, I'll give you. I'll give you two guesses. It's part of the four states that form the four corners. I like that question. Oh, I got no idea what that means. The four corners. Get on your geography, son. Yeah, it but is the four states that make a perfect that make four perfect ninety degree angles: Utah, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico. Okay, all of those states are lesser now, so you should probably just give the answer out. That's Colorado. It's, co- it's Colorado. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, man. Geography lesson. Geography is everything, Said. But yeah, so uh, Colorado is definitely the best. About one in every three people in Colorado exercises, in comparison to the worst state, which is drumroll, Mississippi, at thirteen point five percent. So roughly a little bit more than half the national average of Mississippians exercise compared to what they should. And then our home state of Florida, it's, it's about 21%. Uh, Georgia's 20%. Texas, 23 and a half. And California's 24. So huh, not that much difference between California and Texas. Interesting. But yeah, from the Southeast, right here in the good old stroke belt, we also have the good old we don't exercise belt. Mm, so again, so yeah, so what, so again, like as far as the biggest reason people don't exercise uh, so I can understand where, where people get uh, bogged with responsibilities. As I said, a lot of my patients have the same problem because, you know, a lot of my pe- patients, like, you know, have a lot of stuff going on, like just like any regular person. They're coming mm-hmm. in to see me on a limited time. They, you know, they're making time to come see me. Like they also need to make time to eat right, but as well as, you know, take care of their kids, pay their bills, all that good stuff. So I just try and tell them, like, I just try and like emphasize a point to my patients. Like, listen, exercise is something that you have to do. Exercise is something that, as humans, we owe it to ourselves to do to live a proper life. It's like, you know, just like drinking water or, you know, proper hygiene. Exercise is, is necessary for the body and the mind in order for us to, you know, to, to function properly. And I think education is like the biggest thing because once people are properly educated and can see the difference, I think it does make a difference. Like for me, I would say like the biggest, like the, like, I would say that the biggest thing about exercise that I want everyone who's listening to this podcast to get is that you need to make time for it. It is something that you're not going to run into and do. You need to make time for it. So in, I'm playing fantasy football side. Don't look for injuries. Injuries will come find you. Complete opposite way with exercise. You got to go find exercise. Exercise is not going to come and find you for the most part. What do you think about that little, what was that, a metaphor? That's a pretty good metaphor, right? Uh, maybe. I always get metaphors and similes mixed up. Yeah. Similes like me, me, did, you, did you use Lycra as in that one? Oh. Say that one more time? Never mind. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things that one of the things that everybody has to be careful about is how they manage their schedule and that's just one of those things that it just takes a lot of a lot of practice and a lot of effort uh you know there are a lot of people who have a lot of responsibility on their shoulders that are still able to make you know 30 40 minutes a week 30 Mm -hmm. minutes a day you know to go into the gym there are folks who are not able to do that so you know if you're not able to get into the gym what are the things you know, if you were to take a tally of your day and your responsibility, mm-hmm. what are the things that have to be done? What are the things that don't have to be done? And what are the things that are just sort of out there? You know, if you're okay, like for myself, when I was working at a, I was working at a, a say, I guess a mid-sized bank or a growing bank in the Southeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and due to my work schedule, I was not able to go to the gym for a week or two. So one thing I did was I just started going to the gym 
before I ate. Because when I would eat, I would eat, I would use the restroom, I would, you know, waste time in the house, all that sort of stuff. Right. And before I knew it, I had lost 30 minutes in my morning that I could have spent at the gym. So instead of doing that, I just took that 30 minutes, used it at the gym, then came back and took care of all the stuff I had to do before I went to work. And, you know, it still works now. That's how I go to the gym. I just wake up, get dressed, go to the gym, come back mm-hmm. and take care of my stuff afterwards. Um, so that's what you're doing, huh? I'm, I'm the opposite. So for me, I like to go to the gym the first thing after, like, work. So the first, so I bring all my gym clothes and after work. I dip out to the gym. It may not be the best thing, but I always try and get a coffee, like, right around the time I leave or right when I leave. Give me a little boost, hit the gym hard. And that way, I, you know, I can come home, do everything, finish up, do everything I need to. And then that way I can just sort of unwind and let the natural, like, you know, let my natural tiredness carry me to sleep. I like doing it like that better. So I would say, but you definitely, but you definitely seem like more of a morning person than me. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, a, I'm not one out of like, you know, choice. unlike you. And what, well, and going back and just going back to the timing of exercise. So I said for everyone out there, like you, I think everyone notices they probably get more time or I mean more energy throughout certain times of the day. Some people are naturally, you know, early risers, getting good morning. Some people, you know, maybe get boosted up in the afternoon once they, you know, uh, get their breakfast and get going. Some people are night birds. So just got to find whatever exercise time works out for you. But just make sure you get it in. 150 minutes of moderate or 75 minutes of high intensity. So as far as moderate, so what can you do that's a moderate exercise that can get your heart rate up and break in a sweat? Well, so anything. So what's up? Just, just real quick, going back to the schedule thing, uh, you know, what we were getting at there is that figuring out what your schedule is, it takes time uh, and it's a mm-hmm. trial, trial and error sort of thing. So in figuring out what it is, what time works best for you, figure out where you're losing the most time. What are the things that you're, what are the things that you have in your schedule? What are the things that come up in your day consistently? that might be taking away five or 10 or 15 minutes? What are the things that you can do to try to save five or 10 or 15 minutes? Um, And as much as the the data says 150 minutes of X, 75 minutes of Y, whatever all that information is, the most important thing that you need to do is to get started, to just try one day a week and you do 20 minutes at the gym one day a week. If you weren't going to the gym at all, the fact that you went one day a week and you're doing it consistently for, you know, six months, a year, whatever it is, that's way better than anything that you might have been doing before. So figure out what it is that you can do to get started. Figure out what it is that you can do that will fit into your schedule uh, and just try try your best to make it work for you. So if it's, you know, being like Chris and going in in the afternoon after work, then you do that if that works for you. If you're a morning person or you'd have to do it in the morning to get it done then you do that. If you have some sort of thing, maybe you work from home and you can fit it in the middle of the day, you know, try your best, whatever it is that you're, whatever it is that works for you, figure out what works for you. And don't look at anything as some sort of big obstacle because the bigger we make something, the less likely we do it. Uh, we, when we build things up to be uh, a large, you know, a large goal and a large goal, that generally makes mm-hmm. it challenging to get started. So just look at it as get to the first day, whatever you have to do to get to the first day that, you know, every week, keep doing that, you know? So what, if you, if you want to say you want to work out every Monday, start working out every Monday. And if you don't make it any other day, fine, just work out every Monday and grow from there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Setting reasonable goals. I agree with that. Yeah. Got it. You can only eat an elephant in bites. So yeah, so yeah, guys, get started. Build yourself. Yeah, get started. Build yourself up. Build your confidence. Build up your your endurance, and just get out there and just start exercising. So as I said, as I was saying before, so now we're going to like the different types. So like pretty much there's pretty much as far as exercising goes, there's moderate and high impact type of exercising. So the mainly difference between the what I mean by impact is how much how much force on your joints is going on. So for low to moderate activities, you're taking it easy on your joints. So for that, you know, you're doing some water aerobics, you're doing some, maybe some hot yoga, taking a very quick walk around a local trail, or you could be cycling up and down a hill for a few miles. 
Now, and then we, but when we go to the higher impact stuff, so here's the, here's the difference. So if you, so if you have any, so if you're just starting out working out or, you know, you're a little older, it's like, you know, 55 or older, you have, you know, previous injuries, probably want to start with some low to moderate activities when it comes to exercising, or if you haven't exercised in a while to build yourself up slowly, because the higher impact activities, while, you know, they put more stress on your joints, they also do demand a higher amount of, uh, pretty much the, this higher your heart rate is going to go higher. Uh, your muscles are going to be strained more. It just requires, it just puts a higher demand on your body. For all of the folks out there who are starting to get back into working out, have some type of injuries or a little bit on the older side. So start out with some lower to moderate impact uh, exercises. That's a good brisk walk, some cycling, water aerobics, some yoga, doing some Tai Chi. Those are the, those, those are the stuff you want to start off with. Now with a higher impact, because Higher impact just not only does higher impact mean more force on your joints, it also means that it's going to demand more of your body. So if you're not in shape, you really could said pass out or hurt yourself exercising if you're not careful. So higher impact activities would be like you know those any type of like training class you go. So the CrossFit uh, activities they're high impact because you know you're jumping, you're lifting a lot of weights, you're doing a lot of explosive movements. Also sports like basketball where you know you're doing a lot of running, jumping, cutting, or by cutting I mean just stepping hard on one leg to go one direction. So, and then and then as I said, but with those sports you want to ease yourself into. So I said, if you're just getting back in from working out about 12 years ago after you were, you know, t- done taking care of the kids and trying to get yourself back out there, you probably should not want to go do the Spartan marathon race for your first for your first at- time outing. You know what I mean? Nothing's wrong with asking for help and going to your gym, talking to your doctor with any concerns and getting help with a trainer or just working out with someone who's very familiar with, you know what I mean? Luckily for me, my dad was very familiar with working out. So he sort of showed me and then, you know, we, then we learned through football how to better work out and, you know, what muscle groups to do, uh, nutrition and how to take care of our bodies. But just make sure you, when you do start exercising, you you start off with someone, you know, or someone who can set you in the right direction, folks. Don't want y'all getting hurt out there. Uh, to add to what you were talking about, a low impact, medium impact, and high impact, something that a lot of people forget about or maybe don't understand about fitness and exercise is that the intensity that you work out at is a lot of times more important than what you're actually doing. Playing those side. Uh, so in, in regards to the work that you're doing, uh, you know, if you're going, if you power walk, but you power walk in a very intense focused manner, uh, you don't take a lot of breaks. You maintain a steady pace the entire time. Uh, and that is taxing for you. Then that's going to be more intense and a higher impact workout than someone who lifts heavy weights, but takes, you know, five minute breaks between each set and doesn't break a sweat. You know, you don't necessarily want to get caught up in what it is you're doing. You want to stay very mm-hmm. how how you do the exercise and how intensely you're focused on doing the exercise. Um, for people who understand how to, you know, lift weights or how to run, there are a lot of small tweaks that uh, that that those people do to increase the intensity and the degree of difficulty in a particular exercise to get more out of it. And it's not anything crazy. It might be something as small as like changing how your wrist is positioned or how uh, how your foot hits the ground. Um, and you don't, again, you don't have to do anything necessarily crazy to have a high intensity workout, but you need to be very focused and very consistent in what you're doing. And that's going to raise the intensity of whatever the physical activity is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you always got to get started, folks. Get started working, and then don't give up because it gets hard. So don't, don't be afraid to ask for help, people. Yep. So, all right. So now that you, so now we said you've got the motivation to get out there, get start exercising, got a plan in place, and now you're actually starting to deal with it. So, what do you expect? To, so, what are the benefits of exercise, and when can you expect to see them? So, let's get started off. Number one, this is the one everyone loves, and said I want it. Everyone wants it. Helps control your weight. So by controlling your weight, 
it so you you also do you know not only aesthetically look better but you prevent a lot of chronic disease that are weight associated for most part type 2 high type 2 diabetes high blood pressure what we call metabolic syndrome which is a combination of uh, a bunch of things but overall just associated with being uh, at a higher weight so when it comes to calories, the goal is to burn, or the, when you start exercising along with eating better, the goal is to burn more calories than you're eating. So, Syed, how many calories are in a pound? Uh, we got a measurement question now. No idea, man. Oh, oh. Not even any? Dang, bro, you don't read nutrition labels or men's journal or nothing like that? Mm. Why would I read men's journal? Oh no, man. I read men's journal back in the day. Occasionally right now. When I'm in the office waiting you know just waiting no nah, i never read any of those what how many how many calories are in a pound we got 3500 so 3500 calories in a pound so my plan is this what i tell all my patients this so i'm telling you guys right now with 3500 calories in a pound if you cut your calories or burn 500 extra calories a day if you do that for every day for a week you'll lose a pound a week which is a fairly sustainable thing because 500 calories, when you think about it, it's a snack. It's a soda and a bag of chips. It's an extra serving at dinner. It's that uh, Starbucks, uh, you know, pumpkin spice uh, latte or whatever with the extra foam. It's that. Just so with, so, but the reason you are exercising is to help you get those extra burned off calories. So by exercising at a moderate rate, you could burn an extra 200 to about 600 to even 1,000 if you're doing intense activity. So just to give people a perspective, if you do – so if, you run, if you're running for about an hour – if you run for an hour at about 7 miles per hour, you'll burn about 800 calories, 900 calories. If you play a bunch of pickup basketball games – so if you play like about eight pickup basketball games in a day, that's a lot to pick up basketball. You know what I mean? That, that is a lot. That is like you are – holding downs on LA fitness and not letting go. You are, you got a tighter grip on that than Clemson does on the ACC. Now, now that was a good metaphor. High five side. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So, but you can do that. But as I said, but, but you don't have to. So for instance, if you, an hour of walking, you'll burn about 400, 500 calories. If you get a good pace and you actually are walking the whole thing, as my co-host Saeed says, you want to make sure you are maintaining that elevated heart rate. So you get the metab- so you get your metabolic rate up, and so you're burning sugar, getting your heart getting your heart rate up, blood flowing, all that good stuff. And then, when it comes to uh, just counting your calories, as I said it sort of can be hard to count them with exercise. Usually, you have an Apple Watch; it does a great job at that. But besides that, it's just something you're going to have to feel on your own, as well as trying to cut back a little bit on the calories you consume. You do those two things, you'll be controlling your weight fairly easy. The next thing it can help out with, believe it or not, it can actually help prevent arthritis and other bone and joint diseases. So the reason, so arthritis, by arthritis, it's just mean joint pain in any joint. Could be in the back, shoulder, knees, anywhere. I would say that about, I, I see at least one or two people a day that come in for back pain. You know what I mean? It is a very common complaint. And, but the, the most part is this back pain is not too concerning for other serious medical conditions. However, it is the same type of quality of people complain about. It's a back pain that's like, that just stays in their lower back, you know, right above their butt. And it is very sore. It's sort of a dull pain that comes and goes. So what I tell patients is this. Like, so, when you, so when you do uh, work out your joints, you are putting strain on your joints. But... If you do, but if you do get more muscle, less fat when you are working out, you're taking overall less force on your joints. And because of that, you're preserving your joints to the future so that you're preventing arthritis. So once you got arthritis, there's really not much you can do about it. We think we have some, some treatments for it. Like for instance, like the RPR, the platelet-rich plasma thing, but they're sort of very, very expensive and not a common thing we do. So it's much better to prevent the arthritis before it happens. You know what I mean? So anyone who is controlling their weight, they're also preserving their joints in the future. Another, another physical thing that I can help out with is, oh, by the way, side, I, I forgot to ask you, man, how you doing with the hurricane? How you doing with the hurricane? Like, 
random thought, man. I just re- I just realized it's like right on like right on there. How's the weather down there? It's not gonna hit us uh, in Central Florida on the West Coast or anywhere on the West Coast, like the Panhandle. Um, it's not supposed to hit. It crushed the Bahamas um, already, but it's not supposed to get to Florida and make landfall until tonight or Tuesday morning. But it's going to be largely on the East Coast. Okay, and and Largo is like that's like right on like the bay, it's like south side, right? Um, um, I was forget where Largo's at. I'm not I feel sure. Like it's right by Sarasota, but I could be wrong. No, I'm not sure. You might be right, but I'm not quite sure. Okay. Okay. But anyway, keep going. Then, but then the next bit, but the, just, so the third benefit is that it can help prevent osteoporosis. So when you are doing weightlifting or you know lifting uh, weights against gravity, your bones actually are are very, 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 very. As I said, I don't want to. I want to make sure I put this uh, honestly. Very small breaks and fractures in your bone. However, our bones are very good at repairing themselves. So the bones repair themselves and they get repaired a little bit stronger each time, sort of like muscles. When the muscles are torn, there are small tears, but when the muscle does, uh, when the muscle do have these micro tears, they, it comes, it grows back bigger called hypertrophy or growing bigger. So the bones will build themselves and it will keep building fresh bone that will keep your bone health good into the future. This is actually important for the ladies. Especially my my uh, my Caucasian uh, ladies that are a little older, y'all are more likely to get it. So make sure you start exercising early and and start lifting those weights, girl. Seriously, it's good for you. Yep. So the third point about the physical uh, about the physical benefits of exercising would be preventing osteoporosis or thinning of the bones. Okay. So this is especially important for uh, Caucasian older ladies, as I said, because y'all are most likely to get osteoporosis. But whenever, but Pretty much whenever you lift weights or do or push against gravity with something that has a weight against it. So like a push up, you're pushing your own, you're pushing your body weight against gravity. You do that. The bones get broken, but very smallly. And when they do get built back, it gets built back with fresh bone because of that, the bones become healthier and prevent and are less likely to become thin when you get older. Said it very, very especially important for the Caucasian females that are pretty much the age forty and up to start getting that exercise. As I said, girl, you got girls have got to start lifting. Is there? Which I think they are too. I think it's, I think I've, I see a lot more women in the gym lifting too, now that I think about it. Honestly, so I think you might be right with that statistic that more women work out than I think. Well, not not so much that. I just think there are different based on the social realities of today it appears that there is more pressure. There's more pressure on everybody, but it'd be unfair to say that women don't have this, the same or similar pressure in regard to physical appearance that guys do, right? Guys have always, it's being big and strong has always been something that guys have, excuse me, felt the pressure to be, but there's not necessarily the same pressure for women to be big and strong, but definitely to be uh, fit and in shape, especially with the, the, you know, the fitness movement uh, that we see on social media, oh, yeah. Instagram. But going back to the point you made about, uh, I guess, white women being predisposed to osteoporosis, is there, what, what is the cause of that? Like, we know that Black uh, people are, you know, at high, have suffered from high rates of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and heart disease. Um, we're more likely to uh, die uh, from our cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much due to any genetic thing, but due to uh, a lack of health insurance, uh, lack of financial means to be able to get diagnosed and get those ailments treated. Is there a social or a biological cause for white women's uh, higher rates of osteoporosis? Yeah, so I, as I said, like as far as races goes, just so the Caucasian race is more predisposed not sure why. As I said, we think there's there could be some genetics, like on, so you know, like on our chromosomes. So uh, the DNA that makes the makes us human. There's something on the chromosomes that could do it. Uh, as far as women are more likely to do, to, are women in general are more likely to get osteoporosis, just because when they get older and they go through menopause, there's a lot less estrogen they have in their bodies, 
And estrogen is really is a hormone for women that's really uh, important for good bones and good skin health. So I would say those two. I would say those are. I would say are the the two things I would point at. Okay, but there isn't yeah. like an explicit cause or reason why one race or group of women might have higher rates of osteoporosis than another race or group of women would Mm -hmm. or might. No, I would say women in general and then just Caucasian people in general are predisposed. We're thinking of something to do genetically, but besides that, not really sure. Okay. All right. Just wanted to get uh, that clarification. Thanks, man. Oh, you're welcome. All right. And the last bit, oh, oh, almost forgot. I forgot the fourth one, the fourth uh, biggest physical benefits to exercising you get better sleep. Side, you ever had that killer workout that was just like so hard, so intense that, you know what I mean? You almost thought about quitting, but you finished it out. Then when you get home, you have some of the best sleep afterwards. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I work out in the morning, man. Hey, you, ah, killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. But so I it was like, I, so I did, so my friend, uh, Dr. Wendell Cole, he's an orthopedic surgeon out in uh, Tulane, he's a second year resident. He's also got a podcast called the Nailed It Ortho Podcast as well, too, talking about orthopedic uh, t- orthopedic surgery topics. What's but, his name? And Dr. Wendell Cole. Okay. And what, what is his practice area again? Orthopedics? Orthopedic surgery. Okay. And he works with you at Augusta? I know. He's in Tulane. So we went – so, yeah, he's my, oh, he's my homie. Like, he, <laughs> to, say it, to say it bluntly. But, yeah, one, one of my best – actually, no, my, my best friend – Throughout uh, medical school, he went off to Tulane in New Orleans. I'm out in Augusta, and uh, yeah, we're just doing our things. Okay. So back to back to the sleep you were mentioning, as far as the exercise and fitness improving sleep. What is the medical basis for improved sleep through fitness? Okay, so pretty much. Uh, exercise helps regulate your, your, uh, circadian rhythm. So pretty much it just helps provide, you know, by our circadian rhythm, it's our body's natural, like clock telling us when it's morning, when's a night and how to act accordingly. So with exercise, we, it helps. So exercise can induce, like you said, just tiredness. So when you feel tired, especially if you're one of those people that, you know, it's like, just like me, like I'd like to use that tiredness to help to promote my sleep. It does well for me. People who work out early is too, it can help a little bit as well too. Just because once you do exercise, you have better blood flowing to your brain. You're just feeling, you know, more, you just, you know, just feeling overall better. So that promotes uh, wellness throughout the day. And then I said, at the end of the day, you do, you do still get, you know, the same uh, benefits, not as much as people who directly, you know, work out like, you know, say like six hours before bed compared to like 12 hours before bed. You know what I mean? But you still get the benefits of the sleep. So exercise just helps regulate our circadian rhythm when it comes to like, you know, our awake versus sleep sense. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. And then besides that, I got a couple other things, but I think I want to save that for the next, for the next podcast. The one talking about the mental benefits of exercise. Okay. All right. Well, since we finished that, let's uh, jump into the core questions. Uh, can I go with number one or you, did you want to, uh, finish wrap up with anything before we go into core? Oh yeah. Before we go to core, I just want to wrap up everybody. So again, we were just talking about exercise. How much is enough? Making sure that you do lift bros and bras. Bra? You're what am I no. called bras. I feel like that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> bros and ladies. Keep it simple. <laughs> All right, bros and ladies. So yeah, just talking about working out. So said you need 150 of moderate exercise, or 75 minutes of heavy exercise, with two weightlifting sessions a week. And also one more thing to state: if you are running, make sure you're not running into, on too much concrete. I highly do not. I do not like people running on like sidewalks and stuff like that chronically for like these long runs, just because those also wear they can wear on your knees and your ankles if you're not wearing the right orthodontics foot ah. Ortho, or orthonoptic foot gear. So like those Dr. Scholl's, if you're not wearing the proper foot gear, it can really mess up your knees and ankles. So I highly don't recommend people to run on sidewalks for too long. What's, the, in there. what's, a, what's the foot gear you're talking about? Is it just 
the sneaker you mentioned dr Scholl's or you you yes so it's like everything so like the sneaker so making sure you get proper support so for instance if you have like flatter feet make sure you have a shoe that gives you good ankle support as well as having a dr Scholl's that sort of helps you know more evenly distribute the force instead of like you know all on the soft areas of your foot you can pat it and take it away for a little bit you know what i mean okay yep so it's both the footwear and the inserts inside and then then after that so yeah 150 minutes of moderate 75 or 75 high intensity plus two weightlifting sessions a week at least and then besides that we also talked about that uh some of the biggest uh Thing, the biggest things that you can do to make time for exercise would just be to figure out whether or not you're a day person, a morning person, an evening person, and just base it off your own personal style. There's not a, a you know, I mean, there's not a one-stop shop for how to for tell everyone how to work out. And then besides that, we also just talked about the top of the uh, four of the top health benefits of working out, including controlling your weight, preventing chronic diseases. Uh, Take it easy. You save your joints and your bones in the future, and you also can get better sleep as well. And then besides that, yeah, I think that was about. Yeah, let me think. Anything else I want to mention to the people? No. Yeah, yeah, man. Those topics are everything to say. Once I got some Dr. Scholl's, man, I got flat feet, and also I stopped running on concrete. So you know, I just I'm a little bougie, so I got to work out at the Augusta University. Student gym, they got like an indoor soft track, bro. It makes my, my knees feel so much better. Yeah, I just run on my toes. Run on your toes? Yeah, you're supposed to. Uh, that's the whole thing. Like the toe shoe thing is so. I'm not gonna say mm. there are people who have invested money in toe shoes, but the goal of toe shoes is, or the barefoot shoe is to basically force you to run on the balls of your feet, or basically like the palm of your foot. Which is that the, the 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 ball that's right behind your toes? Interesting. And, I mean, really, all you have to do is just try to run on your the balls of your feet, and you will. Um, I would say it's a good calf workout too. Uh, but I was about to say, you must, have the is, you must have the calves of Adonis. Uh, I mean, my calves are not uh not shabby, but Ooh. generally speaking, it's uh it takes pressure off your off your knees. Uh, okay. All right. Shout out to Sides Cavs. Hashtag calf game. That... <laughs> All right, man. You ready to finish up with some core questions or you want to talk about your calves a little bit more? We can jump in the core. You ready? Uh, no, I want to talk about your calves. I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. Let's hit me with the first question. The first question is, what is the harsh truth about being a doctor and medical school students? Okay, so I'm gonna. I think I want to break it up and just go with doctor and medical student. So starting off with being a medical student, I would say the the harsh truth about being a medical student is that you have to get everyone's approval in order to advance. So by that, everyone. So for medical school, especially in like the third and the fourth years, uh, the two the last two years, you're getting graded on a lot of people's evaluation of yourself. So while you may know the knowledge and, know, and may know what to do, if you don't, if if you don't, if those people don't like you or write you a bad review, they can really mess up your grade, and which can affect where you can, you know, do your residency at or what specialty you want to get into. So, yeah, as a medical student, you pretty much got to. We have we have this exp- uh, saying where the where the manure shovels downward, and as a medical student, you're right at the bottom of that. So, you know, what I mean, it is just it just is what it is. But it's part of the territory, and it doesn't last forever. But that was the worst part, just having to impress everybody and just having to deal with all that, with, with all the manure. And, and uh, yeah, as far as being a doctor, I think what, what, what did not, uh, the harsh truth about being a doctor is, like, we work a lot. I would say that's, like, the biggest truth because on TV, they always make doctors look sexy, you know, going out for drinks after a big surgery, which in reality, if they, after you did a big surgery, you better sit down and write some notes. And then you better talk to the patients, and then and then after that, if you, all your other patients are good and you and nothing else you need to do, then you can leave. But no, uh, <laughs> and they also make it sexy, like you know, we're just sitting here, just around a round table, just thinking about diagnoses rather than running around the hospital trying to put out fires. It's just that we work very hard, you know what I mean. So the hours, the work, it's it's a lot harder than it looks.
you sort of touched on the lack of free time. Is that sort of the point that you're making again as being a doctor, just that you, there's always something you have to take care of? Oh, yeah. Yep. It's just knowing what needs to be done and what, what needs to wait. So, so I said, like, some days exercise can be waited on, but there are other days if I haven't done it, it, it has to be done. You know what I mean? So it's all just about prioritizing things. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question. Which vegetables have the least nutritional value? Oh, easy one. All right, my friend will be white potatoes. So pretty much white potatoes. And I'll give you a second one for free. Iceberg lettuce. So for white potatoes, they're a very starchy carbohydrate. Not much in terms of nutrition. So for instance, like for most veggies, if you're eating, so you can eat like a lot. So for a lot of veggies, they're full with like other antioxidants, vitamins, like, you know, folate, uh, uh, yeah, can't think, folate, vitamin A, vitamin C. Potatoes really don't offer that much. And for the most part, a lot of the foods that potatoes are used for, you know, fries, uh, chips, uh, just like buns, not the most healthiest stuff. And then for iceberg lettuce, it's just mostly water. So if you're eating iceberg lettuce, just know you're eating, I, I believe it's like 85% water. You know what I mean? Very little, inter- very little uh, vitamins or nutrients. So if you're, instead of white potatoes, get sweet potatoes. Instead of iceberg lettuce, get spinach, lale, or, or some other fresh spring greens. Just make sure they're a vibrant green, not sort of just like a pale green uh, like the iceberg lettuce. Okay. All right. So avoid white potatoes and iceberg lettuce. Uh, try spinach, kale, or something else a bit uh, more sweet potatoes. Uh, something a bit more colorful, uh, a bit more, a bit more uh, with a bit more nutritional value and impact. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was that. Yep. And then besides that, yeah, guys, eat right, exercise, and you'll be happy and healthy. And remember, please consult with your doctor before making any changes to your diet or habits. Thanks again for listening, guys.